Man, what's good out here on these streets? This your boy DJ94. And we're back with another episode of Talk That Ish. Yeah, so um What had happened was, alright, so seriously y'all, I know I'm a day late with this part two. Um parts three and part four, which I was supposed to do today. Wait before y'all jump down my throat. <laughs> so I was here. But see, I, I worked the overnight shift last, uh, well, yesterday. <laughs> and I was just so tired, so I just never really got a chance to do it. So this is why I need an accountability partner, y'all. This is why. Because messing with my ass, you never going to really get these uh, power reviews out like they're supposed to be getting out. All right? So I apologize. It's my fault. <laughs> okay? It's my fault. I'll take the L on this one. But ultimately, like I said, you know, this goes to show you. Like, I, I, I'm easily sidetracked. From life when it comes to doing these power reviews. If it's not really sports, I'm not really as ambitious or oh, I gotta get on it. Cause I mean, I gotta rewatch the episodes and make sure I'm giving y'all accurate scene to scene. I think I was listening back to my um, first episode of Power Review and I got like a lot of things wrong that were actually in this upcoming episode. So I gotta correct it this episode. So now I've been watching Power back and um, I know the new episode comes out at 8 today, so the goal is to try to crank out at least two more episodes to be caught up on four and give you five tonight. Um, my thoughts and <clears throat> what I think is going to happen for next week. And then, like I said, you know, we'll be all caught up. If not, give me till Wednesday. I'll have everything to y'all. I promise I can at least bank on today. I will get you part two and three today so that we all will be on the same page. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take this quick 30 to minute break real quick. With, with, the, with one of my favorite songs of the week and also a little ad for y'all. Then we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna hit it running with episode two of Power. It's your boy DJ94. Sit tight. Man, what's good, Talk That Ish family and podcast family? This is your boy, DJ94, better known as David Johnson. Hey, man, just asking y'all for y'all support, man. I greatly appreciate those who have supported me so far on my journey. I'm only trying to get better. But I would greatly ask if you like what I'm doing or if you appreciate everything that you've heard here on this podcast, don't just stop here on the podcast. Please connect with me on my Instagram at underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore. It'll be greatly appreciated. I look forward to talking. If you want to DM me, if you want to comment under me, if you don't agree with me, if you hate me, if you can't stand me, if you love me, if you like me, if you think I'm weird, let me know because it's all beneficial to the show and it's all to make the show better. Thanks and enjoy the show. What's going on? It's your boy DJ94, and we're back with another episode of Talk That Ish. Man, as I left y'all before the break, I said we were going to talk about part two or episode two of season five of Power. And we have a lot to go over, and I got about 20 minutes to keep myself on a strict time zone, so it's going to be kind of quick. So we're going to start real quick. We're going to jump this thing and hit this thing running with episode two. So we start episode two out with two guys coming off a boat with some shipment, uh, we got to assume, in Los Angeles, on the port of Los Angeles. And they get gunned down pretty much by three guys. <clears throat> and uh, they look to be leaving, but then they try to pull again the Wild West one on the crew. And they die. I don't know why everybody does this move. It's like you're out, man. It's three to two. You're going to try to, like, pull, like, a Wild West scene out here and uh, <laughs> try to one-up them, man. It, didn't just, it just didn't go well for you. So ultimately... They took an L, both were dead. Um, they get thrown into the LA port, and that is the end of that. All right, so now we go into uh, scene 
which was pretty much a, uh, one, of the, one of the focal points for this season with Kanan, um, Ghost, and Tommy all meeting in the alley. And, and Tommy is pissed about pretty much the, the whole Dre fallout, how he let Dre switch through his hands. Dre, uh, excuse me, Kanan was like, yo, that was your fuck up. You hired the Italians. They didn't take care of their shit. Blase, blase. And then your boy T- uh, Jason pulled up. Now, Jason's from the other season. Basically, he was a, he was a guy that... Uh, Tommy had made a deal with when Tommy had cut ties with Ghost and was trying to run his own thing because uh, Ghost wanted it out of the whole drug life. And so ultimately, you know, he made a deal with him and he said that he would get him the, he would take over the LA ports as well as run his business in New York. So they've been in business and unfortunately this goes back and explains the beginning of the uh, episode two, why the guys got hired, uh, shot and who they were working for. They were working for Jason and Jimenez has stole Jason's shipment. And Jason pretty much pulled up on Ghost, Kanan, and Tommy and was like, look, y'all owe me $2 million. My shit got pulled. Like, you were supposed to be on this shit. Like, what happened? And basically, Tommy didn't have no answer. And this is, again, why I said Tommy's out here fucking up this so early in the season. He got, he got uh, Vince's guy, one of some of Vince's guys from the family killed. And now he out here owing people money that he don't have. And he try, and he got Ghost dragged into it and Kanan dragged into it when Jason was like, y'all need to clean this shit up or I'm going to have y'all heads, basically. So, Ghost, I mean, no matter how, how hard this man tries to get out of the game, this man's right back into the game. And now he has to play the game in order to live, it looks like, because of Tommy's fuck-ups. Great job, Tommy. All right, so then we go to... We go pretty much into Mock and a meeting with Angela... This whole episode is highlighted about Angela trying to find a connect uh, for the new, for pretty much the new organization out there that's been causing havoc, and also solve a case that uh, that ha- that had a gun that was similar to the one that Diego had used uh, from season uh, four prior to this season. So they're trying to find out who used that gun and if they're connected to uh, the connect that's been uh, carteling a lot of drugs into the city still, despite. Angela and their and the crew taking uh, taking James and Tommy down the originals uh, that were responsible for or so they thought. So they go on and basically uh, this is where I got the part wrong from season one. So actually Sexton in this meeting writes okay bitch after after Angela was pretty pretty much told him to do something and I found that to be pretty amusing. Actually a pretty funny scene um, for sure. I like that because I mean you can tell like nobody in the office really likes um, Angela as the head of the department of the Eastern District. But that's what it is and obviously I explained in the last episode she pretty much you know <laughs> deceived her way to the top and a lot of people know that. So basically uh, later on a Sexton Mock and I forget the black guy's name but he's in there and uh, they're trying to pretty much present Mock and try to sell Mock that they need to reopen this James St. Patrick and Tommy Egan case because they got a new development with a with a witness that was blindfolded at the beginning of season one and she came forward and talked and basically Mock said what everybody else should be saying that's a losing case and that's the direct L that Mock's not really to put his name on he was basically like we're not going to get to Tommy and um, Ghost or James through that, we're gonna need something stronger because any defense lawyer would tell that tear that off. She, uh, they didn't. She didn't physically see him, and that voice could have matched anybody, which is a good point. I'm glad with somebody with his with some brains in that office finally said something uh, logical. So Mock says he has a he has a uh, hearing to prepare for, which is Joe Proctor's hearing. 
uh, regarding his unethical um, his unethical complaint that was brought up uh, against Mock from the uh, previous case. And basically, he tries to antagonize Joe. He's like, "Well, look, you know, I'll I'll drop everything if you give me some information about the witnesses, uh, about a couple of your clients. The clients we know he's talking about is, is uh, James and and also Tommy Egan." Then basically Joe Satron says, no, I have full confidence in myself that I'll get the I'll get out of this and I'm good. So basically Mike Mike knows since he couldn't go with a plan A, he goes to plan B and Terry. Terry Toby, who was the defense lawyer that ultimately had to finish the case for James and and successfully won that case against Mock, which really didn't really sit too well with Mock. So basically Mock. Mike had told him that he had to um, testify in this case and that he was a critical uh, testimony um, in this case because if he didn't, then uh, it would look bad on the part of himself and also Joe Proctor. So fast forward, uh, we go into this case pretty much and one of the one of the judges was like really on Proctor's ass. She brought up that, uh, you know, this is not the only time that he's been brought to this court and why. And basically said that, you know, he's a criminal. Uh, you know, she kind of insinuated but didn't really say it. But she was just like, um, you know, some of your clients, you've, uh, you've had witnesses that have disappeared in your uh, cases. And that's not a coincidence. And your dad was a well-known criminal that got indicted and officially went to jail. I mean, are you that person? Is that why you didn't take his last name, Blage Blage? And then enter t- Terry. Terry testifies and basically threw Joe, Joe underneath the bus when he said that he was unethical. And he tried to put it in a, in a helpful way. That would ease the L that that uh, he was going. He's trying to he's trying to snitch out to Joe, but ultimately they took it as uh, Joe was unethical. Mock walks away with a little smile on his face, standing tall in that situation, and that's in that storyline for this episode with Joe, Mock, and Terry. Um, the key the key uh, statement that comes out is a bit of over uh, foreshadowing, in my opinion. Is Joe says. Um, and his last question to Terry before he sits down, have you ever done anything unethical? So you have not done anything unethical before a while, uh, uh, to a client. And Terry said, no, but we all know that's a lie because he's having an affair with Jamie's wife as we speak. So that's going to come back probably and bite Terry. And that might be a, a way that Terry, that, um, excuse me, Joe gets his, uh, his bar license back to practice uh, as a lawyer. So now uh, we enter into Ghost and um, Tasha's storyline, which is basically about grieving, how they're how they're dealing. And basically, Tasha was like, could you do me a favor and go to this um, grieving therapy session with me at the church? So reluctantly, I was really surprised, but Ghost agrees to do this. And I'm just like, wow, that's a step forward for Ghost because normally I, he, he just really doesn't really fuck with uh, Tasha like that but for the image but he ended up doing it and um, they went and they so they spoke and they heard other people speak and they heard this one particular couple complain about how they, they lost their little girl to a drunk driver uh, and how this guy you know just basically pulled off and he never really paid the price for the crime because they couldn't prove it was him blase blase and so 
Ghost heard that, and I guess he uh, felt some some type of way towards that. And Tasha was like, look, I need to talk to somebody. I got to talk to somebody. Like, I'm not you. Like, I mean, I understand. And then Ghost is basically like, look, they don't understand what we, what we are. And, and Tasha says before she slams the door in the car, oh, wow, we should find a... Um, a a group that has criminals and drug dealers and maybe then they'll understand us and then slams the door that's the end of that scene um ultimately what happened with that storyline is ghost near and this is what ends episode two ghost um finds the the couple of the drug dealers murderer uh excuse me the drunk driver's murderer he asks him about the kid that he uh hurt overheard and he i guess he becomes a vigilante and stabs the guy and he dies that's the end of that storyline next one we're going to talk about is tommy and vincent and sammy and that storyline sammy is uh teresi's right hand and vincent is head of the family right now i guess until um teresi gets out <clears throat> so basically um at this point like i told y'all last episode um tommy had pretty much hired two guys from vincent's organization for a hit that went wrong and ultimately, uh, two guys end up dying. One was severely injured, but he dies this episode. And basically, Sammy was like, you need to tell. You know, that's not how we do things here. We're not going to kill people. You need to tell uh, Vincent everything. And then I guess um, Tommy thought that daddy was going to help him out in this situation. And that wasn't the case at all. And so ultimately, uh, dad, Teresi, daddy Teresi or alleged dad uh, told Tommy that he needs to tell Vincent everything. He needs to take the punishment like a man. He, sh- he said he should have came to him first. And Tommy looks like more of an asshole because basically he just came- walked into a family situation. Don't halfway know these people are not here doing reckless shit. But that's Tommy though. So ultimately Tommy uh, makes a bad decision as always. And he got himself with some shit and they got faced the consequences. So basically the, they come back and they try to check on the guy who was alive before he was just, I guess, pressing his wound to try to wait for the doctor to come. The doctor gets there, but it's too late. He's dead. And Tommy just loses it. He's like, check him again, because he knows he fucked up. And ultimately, um, the guy dies. And Vince later on comes later on in the scene. And he's upset. He's like, who the fuck did this? And he, like, basically, he wants answers. Tommy steps up and says, I did it. And then and he says, but I assure you, I took care of the guy who did it, which is a lie because Dre is <laughs> Dre, the guy who they're trying to get is alive and well. But, hey, um, Vince doesn't know that. And Sammy does. But Sammy ends up lying for for Tommy. And he's not too happy about that because he made a promise to Teresi that he would protect his kid. And so, you know, Sammy give Dex Dex Tommy in a funny way. And then at the end of the episode, uh, he's like, I'm not fucking protecting you anymore. If you fuck up, it's on you. And then we go to Dre, Diego, and I guess uh, he called him by his government. His name is Francis. This is like, uh, I guess, Dre's friend that he came up with. And <clears throat> basically, you know, Francis and Dre, they start out cool. Um, they have Crystal Ball coming in. Crystal Ball's like, you know, you shouldn't have him here listening to this type of business. But basically, Diego told uh, Dre that he needs to fix this whole situation with the uh, Toros because as we left off last season, they don't really have a leader because uh, <laughs> their leader died. So 
now they have two guys that are coming up that are fighting for that uh, spot to be to represent the Toros on the streets. And so basically, Dre, uh, Francis, and Crystal Ball are sitting in the room and they're deciding who they want to take on and who they have to choose from to do business with. And Dre said, I want to keep I want to keep this guy young because he'll be easy to control. Crystal Ball says, no, I think we need somebody with experience who knows these streets so we can avoid the mistakes um, from happening. Sometimes, uh, you know, experience trumps youth. And uh, Dre's like, nah, fuck that. I got the final decision. I want the young guy. And uh, Dre and Crystal Ball and Francis say that they want to murder. They want to off the uh, older gentleman of the Toros and make it look like it happened within that the uh, younger guy did it. And <clears throat> then they would take the younger guy up under their wing and start their organization. But that was a miscommunication. That's Francis and Spanky. Uh, again, Spanky's another guy that uh, came up with Dre uh, in the earlier seasons. They go on a run and and, uh, and Francis is like, hey, oh, that's the, that's the guy that Dre one did. That's the guy Dre one did. They basically do a drive-by and they shoot and kill the uh, older gentleman that Dre wanted dead. Francis feels uh, proud of himself and he thinks that that's ultimately going to be the thing that raises him to the official number two behind uh, Dre. And then Dre basically gives him a reality check and says, no, I want this shit done my way. You went out on your own. So basically I'm demoting you. I'm adding crystal ball in your spot. And you and for future references, next time you want to do shit, you do it my way, not your way. This is my shit. And basically there was a big ass argument um, about over power, over a power struggle and not even old times could save that argument because basically Dre was like, look, you work for me now. That's it, basically. And so Francis kind of walks away irate about that. But in the shadows is Dre, not Dre, but excuse me, Kanan. Kanan's watching this and Kanan plays chess, like I said in, in these GMs. He plays chess. He sees everything. He knows where to strike within people or, or how to use people against each other. So he takes note of that and... That's pretty much your episode uh, for season five, episode two of Power. So here are my thoughts. And we're going to go down the list and start with everybody. So Angela, Angela did a good job this episode, keeping her nose clean. You know, she wanted no shit this, this episode. She was actually trying to solve a case and I think she's getting some, um, some leverage on that case but as you can see people don't respect her in the office and a lot of people just feel like yo just fuck angela so that's just what it is um even her like i guess the uh secretary finally gave her props but was like you need to fix whatever's going on with it and get that solved uh what he's stating is i guess something happened with the password and this is from episode one and Angela knows full damn well what happened, but she's going to try to play it off again to hide her, to, to tuck her ass so she don't get in trouble. So, you know, she ain't going to say shit. So she's like, okay, you know, I'll fix it. But, you know, she she stabbed. She stabbed, she had to throw somebody up beneath the bus as long as it's not her. And so that's what she did. And uh, ultimately, um, Angela, for the most part, did this show wasn't we weren't slapping our face against angela we were actually really proud of angela this round for actually doing her fucking job and not doing stupid shit or not pissing the fan base off so good job angela um let's go to tommy tommy out here basically you know i, and I didn't mention all the details because I, like i said i wanted to give a brief summary if i would have gave the whole summary we would have been here for like 10 minutes so basically you know uh there's an awkwardness when he comes in for uh, to try to uh, check up on tasha because tasha at this point has been crying she's really hurting and um 
Latasha, excuse me, uh, Lakeisha is in the kitchen and she's cooking pancakes, and that's just an awkward exchange because they haven't seen each other since they were fuck they were fuck buddies in episode, excuse me, in season four, and so that was really awkward. And Lakeisha's always said that she feels played, she feels the betrayed because Tommy just left her out to dry and then say shit to her, and then it basically just felt, uh, made, made her feel like she was just an average thought out there. Which I mean, I mean, yeah, I think she is because she tried to throw herself at Sean. And then she tried to move on to Tommy, and ah, her her character is like really this really easy person that if you seem noble and good, she'll she'll let you have the she'll let you uh, have the skirt pretty much, uh, just to quote J Cole. So that happened, and then ultimately they sat down. They they try to diverge the obvious and talk about Tasha to use that as a scapegoat as um, Tommy's having some of her banana pancakes, and then um Lakeisha's just basically like yo it's just like a bad dream that never came and then Tommy goes on this whole uh this whole thesis about how you know she watched he watched Raina and uh Tyree grow up and how it's really sad blase blase but your boy Tommy out here taking L's man this man taking hella L's and he out here lying he out here deceiving I'm like dog you just got into the family bro like why are you taking L's man already we haven't got into Midway through the half of the season, you out here fucking up something good. Teresi opened the doors for you, and and and, and, and alleged father Teresi. I think we need more to come in and determine whether that's official. So I'm just gonna call this man alleged father of uh, Tommy. Came in, it was basically like, look, you out here fucking up with my name. Like you need to make this right, and you take whatever punishment you get. And for once, I don't really like Teresi, but I agree with him there because. Like, Tom, you can't come into somebody's organization and just start fucking shit up. You're just tarnishing somebody's reputation. You know, that's like me coming into a, 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 a renowned business under a friend who advised me who works in the higher offices. And I'm coming in there late. I'm coming in there underdressed. Like, it makes the person that suggested me or the person I'm a reflection of look bad. And so, ultimately, that's what happened here to Tommy. Like... He caught two to the face from Sammy, and I was like, you know, I normally have never gotten a real good feeling off of Sammy because I don't really think he likes Tommy. But in that, in that scene, I felt like he deserved the two punches to the face because nobody ever fucking checks Tommy because Tommy is fucking like he's crazy. So nobody tries him. Like even Ghost to his limit. Like Ghost knows his limitation. Ghost will walk away from Tommy before he gets into an altercation or checks him personally. So Sammy basically said, "Look, get your shit together. Next time, I'm not protecting your ass." Basically, after he decks him, and I was like, "Bravo! Somebody needs to do that. Maybe that'll help Tommy's character out because Tommy, for the most part, is very reactive." When he starts snorting coke, that's when he gets real crazy and off the rails and he just doesn't make good decisions. So hopefully going forward, this smartens Tommy up because this episode, he was just really, really ticking me off. I'm like, dude, why are you doing the things you do? I just don't understand why you thought that this stuff was okay. I really don't. But ultimately, that was Tommy for this episode. So Tommy was the main guy that we were all like, yo, what the, what the F? Well, he wasn't the main one, but he was one of those guys. So let's move to your guy, Rashard Tate. The guy I think that needs to die, the political figure of this episode. So basically, he feels like uh, ghosting him can't uh, can't go forward or can't raise the money properly until Raina's case is solved. And we all know why that can't happen because Tyreek ultimately killed Ray Ray, and that's a conflict of interest when it comes to Ghost because that's his son, and he's going to do everything he can to protect his son at least from going to jail. Um, so ultimately, you know. Ghost is just like, nah, like, I think, you know, we could still do it. You know, I just want to know my role and how we can raise this money for this, uh, for this fund and for Raina and how we can make everything right. And, and Tate was like, look, we can't go through nothing if, if we don't solve this case because it'll be bad press. 
And everything, anything that has to do with bad press, Rashard Tate doesn't want to be involved in because Rashard Tate is trying to be the governor of New York soon. He's trying to go from councilman to Rashard. Like he's trying to start from the bottom so he'll be there. And so he can't have nothing incriminating on his record. But like I said, I just my prediction for him is he just knows something. He knows something about Ghost that he's going to use for leverage pretty soon because Ghost is going to get tired of this guy and Ghost is going to check this guy and get violent with this guy and get street with this guy. And yes, they all grew up in Queens, but I'm just like, yo, like... Rashard tastes like that preppy black kid that wears all the white people shit. Not to be racist, but, you know, we all have that Oreo that we know. And, you know, he wears, like, the socks with the shoes that the white kids wear. That's Rashard Tate. Rashard Tate is, like, one of the biggest sellout. Like, he'll sell his grandma if it means that he becomes the governor of, of uh, New York. And I think that's what's happening here. But Ghost doesn't quite see that yet. But this is one of many of the confrontations that happen with these two button heads. And this is the biggest one right here. So, basically, Rashard suggested that they, they hold a press conference because he said that'll make them look good that'll you know speed up the investigation and ghost is just brushing it off he's like well look i think the guys are doing the best they can right now to find things and we should just wait it out but still continue to do business while that's happening so ghost is trying to rush it because he knows that if they if this does fall back on his family it's going to be a bad look for the building but he's trying to rush and get this building up before um they ever find out i guess so that was his plan and ultimately that didn't work out and so Rashard was just like ah can you talk to tasha about this event this last minute um event that i'm having for a fundraiser um for your for your cause and maybe you guys can um you know talk to the media and try to get some uh steam behind this case and so Ghost was like, I'll talk to Tasha. Tasha was like, no, hell no. Hell, hell, hell no. No, no, no. And uh, ultimately, that was the end of that. And so um, Ghost tells uh, Tate. Tate was like, okay, well, I'm having a last-minute mixer uh, tonight. Why don't you bring uh, Tasha through and maybe we can persuade her further about why this would be a good thing. And so they pop up and they have, and then Tate basically ambushes them with the media. He already has a press conference he's doing, and he's like, "Here are the two people that are willing to talk about it, uh, ta uh, Tasha and Ghost." And so Ghost, they go up there, they express their grievances, and I think this is a important scene because basically Tasha hasn't had a chance to grieve all episodes. She started out crying. She's really sad. She's really distraught. She lost her daughter. She feels responsible. She's very just emotionally erect with this episode, and she's just trying to get it off her chest so now since ghost told her not to really say anything at the uh at the therapy sessions that they have at the church she basically told the media how she felt and and how how she feels and that was just for her that was not for the media and so you know obviously afterwards tasha was angry she felt like ghost lied to her and ambushed her and then ghost expressed his his uh anger towards tate tate was like it'll all pay off blase blase go home I'll, I'll take care of everything else i'll let you know if anything comes up end of that scene that that's that's how that goes for um tate ghost and tasha storyline so those were the main storylines for this episode uh along with dre and pretty much like dre outside we're going going to dre like dre really kind of got to really know that he's not he's the he's the guy but he's gonna have to answer to diego he's, he doesn't have as much free reign as he feels like he should have and it's gonna come out sooner than later when francis you know ends up getting the credit that he made for the kill against uh, one of the torres stripped from him given to the young guy that they bring on who's going to be the new rep for the uh torres um 
in that organization just so they can fill and push Diego and his sister's um, product that they promised Jimenez. So basically, Diego was just like, you need to fix that shit. So Ghost, like I said earlier, it gets fixed once Francis goes to, through a drive-by. Dre says it's fixed at his club, which I'm like, how did Dre get his club up so quickly? Like, these guys work really quick. Because, I mean, last time I saw, like, I mean, Ghost didn't have, Ghost didn't allow the guy to have uh, his club. But he did, uh, Dre did win the battle with the female in terms of going international. So that's what happened there. But... Ultimately, I was just a, I was just a little, you know, th- taken back by that because I just felt like, you know, um, I just felt like Dre, as successful as he is, or as successful as as much luck as he's had with dodging the bullet and getting killed, like he's really his organization is starting to fall apart because he has tension now between Francis and Dre, and I'm just like. This your homeboy. Like, y'all came up together. Like, how you gonna... Like, that's what happens. This is most people, what happens, like, they get to a... They get into a big position. They forget where they came from. Like, that's Dre. Like, Dre forgot where he came from. And essentially, like, uh, you know, it's costing him people that are really close with him in his day ones. And that's gonna come back and bite him more than than uh, Ghost and Kanan and Tommy trying to pursue him. So I think, you know, that's gonna be some foreshadowing. Um, also, Diego's kind of weird. Like, Diego was out here fucking females right in front of Dre. And I'm sitting here like, yo, that's disgusting. He's like, you can watch, bro. Like, he, I don't know if he's just, like, open or if he has, like, a boner for Dre. But it's just like, ah. Uh... And then we came back later in the episode and he told him to fuck the girl inside the club. And he said, as a job well done. I was like, wow. So Dre out here getting hoed pretty much because, you know, this guy's like, here's your reward. Go fuck the same female I fucked earlier in the episode. I was like, god damn. So you get sloppy seconds. And so Dre was just like, how much we got to pay, you know, to make this look normal? I'm just like, yo, where is Dre's daughter, first off? Like, don't he have a whole daughter at home? Like, is, does she have a nanny? Does she need help? Does she uh, Does she need food? Like, is she, like, where is she? Like, it just totally wrote her off the episode. I'm like, Kanan knows that Dre has a daughter. So why doesn't Kanan go after the daughter and use that as leverage? I don't know. Because, I mean, you know, they, I guess they're trying to make us forget her. But I'm just like, I haven't forgot her. Like, where's the daughter at? Because you can use her as leverage and that's how you get to Dre. But I guess Dre knew that. And I guess maybe he sent her away. But that's all speculated. We don't know. But um, this man out here fucking, like, bras that, that already been fucked by his boss. And Diego walking there. I was like, now it's my turn to watch. And I totally marked out. I was just like, that's so funny. And then Dre ran, zipped up his pants and ran out. And, um... They just uh, the girl and uh, Diego share a laugh, and I thought that was pretty funny. But Dre's out here burning bridges, and it's really gonna come back to bite him because this is his organization, this is his baby, this is everything that he did to people backstabbing Kanan, backstabbing Ghost to get there to the top. So now he's trying to his best to look, look, you know, stay, stay on top and look the best. But his organization is not secure. Like guys that he used to mess with or that have his best interest that will be there and rock with him forever. He basically threw up underneath the bus and was like, nah, fuck that. Crystal Ball kind of, he kind of instigated that a little bit, but Crystal Ball has his own set of agendas and you'll find that out in later episodes. And I think that's pretty funny, but ultimately that was the reason, that's where Dre stands in this episode. I think Dre's starting to, he's starting to feel the pressure of how it is to be a ghost because basically he's trying to be a ghost 2.0. He's trying his best to, 
you know, run the organization like Ghost. He's trying to dress like Ghost. He's trying to have that same swag and intensity that Ghost had when he was running the uh, when he's running the streets, moving moving weight um, with Tommy as his right hand and the rest of the crew falling in place. So I felt like that was pretty that was pretty um, up there in terms of how they did their business, and ultimately it, it just it just said a lot about. Uh, Dre, the the type of person he is in confrontation and him not being as assertive like uh, Ghost because that's the one thing that separates him and Ghost. Like Ghost won't take no shit after a while. He's going to check you. Dre just going to take it because he wants to stay on top. He wants to do the right things. He doesn't want to push the envelope. He doesn't want to, you know, he's he's, he's going to do everything his his way or the highway. And he's going to put pressure on those that are beneath him. And, and basically, you know, he had to remind one of his people and keep them in check. But that's just how they do business. And that's how I guess they wanted this show, this show to go in terms of uh, doing that. So that's where we stand with Dre. And uh, let's let's talk about my man Joe and Mock for a second. So Mock, basically, as I said before, Mock is throwing paint at the wall until he creates a portrait, a portrait of a murderer that will link and take down Angela James and um, <clears throat> and and Tommy. And so he's being very messy this episode. You'll see him in this episode really messing with Joe. Um, he pops up on Joe, and like I say, he tries to make a deal with him. Because and anytime that Mott does that, that means he has nothing. Because if you, you wouldn't have to go for a deal if you were confident that you had enough evidence to try to go towards James and Angela and Tommy. Um, so he's using people to get to the, them, and he thinks that Joe will be the perfect witness for that because Joe was the closest to uh, James at the time and Tommy at the time as, their, as his representative. And he's he basically takes a very low blow and was like, look, you, how can you practice the law and take care of your child? Like That's something you should think about, Blasey Blasey. And I was like, that's really low because we all know that Joe loves his child and Joe would do anything for that little girl. And I'm, that's what I like about Joe's character. He's probably one of my favorite characters on the show because Joe ain't gonna get bullied around but at the same time when you when you interfere with this man's life that's a weakness for joe and i feel like we're really gonna see if joe is loyal or if he can stand packed and stay strong and or if he's gonna crack under pressure and and eventually give up the laptop that has all the evidence that uh proves that that uh tommy um it was part of the organization i think that's eventually gonna get back to ghost and take james down and james is trying to get out that's the general theme from pretty much season three to now. James has just been trying to get out the game. He's tired. So, but everything is tracking back to him. Everything's coming down on him. And just the law and just life is just catching up with him. And it's just like eventually he's going to get caught. And that's the thing we have to all deal with. But basically, Joe has a standoff with Terry. And I'm just like, Terry is just like one of the biggest sellouts this episode. I hated him because I was just like, you going to mess with my man Joe and his way of living. And like, you won the case. Like, you got your paycheck. Why are you throwing this man underneath the bus like you could have went up there lied and made mock mad and then joe would have got his job back we all go home but you had to be the ethical one you got to be the good guy goody two shoes but you're not even being ethical you out here fucking other people's wives and it's going to come back it's really going to come back and bite them so i think that's one of those things that's really going to come back uh to to bite terry who is uh james defense lawyer they end up finishing his case but ultimately a piece that mock went to because he was like this is a subpoena for you to get up on the stands and testify because, you know, Mike had nothing. He couldn't get anything out of Joe, and he had to go to the next best option, which was Terry. And basically, Terry was like, he was curving him, but uh, Mike basically put him on the stands forcefully because Mike had nothing at this point. But now he stands tall in this episode because at the end of the day, like, 
that makes that makes uh, Joe look incriminating when his own advisee that was next to him said he was unethical. So that leaves a lot in the air towards whether Joe will be disbarred or whether he'll be able to keep it keep practicing the law. And we found out a lot about Joe, the, the fact that Joe's uh, biological father was a criminal and that he took his stepfather's last name. And ultimately, the reason why he, he practices the wall and what his motivation was. So I thought that was good story development from Power and the producers that wrote. Because, uh, if, if, you know, we didn't really know much about Joe outside him being a very tough lawyer, him being... Uh, you know, Joe, uh, one of the toughest, having some of the toughest skin and knowing some people to get him out of some mess. And it's been foreshadowed with a lot of people uh, towards him when it came to Mike and when it came to his uh, his ex-wife. And they were both like, you're very good at getting things out, uh, getting out of trouble or getting people to do things for you. And I was just like, oh, OK, there's a lot of foreshadowing going on uh, when it comes to stuff like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. But ultimately that's the episode for episode two my main takeaway was just going into the next episode was like you know mike is gonna start turn up the heat will joe be able to hang in there man because joe got two kids uh, got a kid man at home and it's just like we're now starting to see his weaknesses his kid because he's gonna do everything he can to, to get back in the courthouse for her but if he can't do that will he break and that's i think that's a question we all have to ask man will proctor break because that's my man i don't want proctor to break but he is under pressure by Mock, and Mock's out here taking low blows. And Mock needs to die, but Mock won't die because he's a very important character on this show, and he's all—he's going to be in here for the long haul. It looks like as one of the main characters that's really chasing Ghost and Tommy, and it has his sights set on replacing Angela as the head of the district, Eastern District, because he's still salty about that. He wants to be the the Eastern District head really bad, and he's gonna—he's gonna have heads roll, whether it's—it's. It's, um, in the rule book or not in the rule book to get to that point. And that's Mox's character. And and then there's a lot to be desired for Dre. Like, what is his role going to be in there? Because ultimately he says that he's going to use Tommy and take over his organization once he handles this whole Jason thing. So, yet again, Kanan can't be trusted. He can't be trusted. We don't know if we can still trust Kanan because Kanan's out here playing chess. Kanan's sitting back. Kanan's looking at people. Kanan's looking at Dre organizations like, oh, that's not, that's not, uh, that's, that's not, that's not, really strong at all i can t- i can go swoop in and mess with his uh former best friend francis and really and really get after dre that way because dre drake dre's organization is slowly but surely just falling apart through through uh, trust issues through uh promoting the wrong people through removing people from uh, their promotion and everything so it's eventually going to come back to uh dre and you just kind of wonder how long it's going to take and when does dre finally get his and that's the question we had we we uh, le- left it also when is Angela going to pick up the phone for Dre, man? Like, that man, people who say that, like, Dre's not expressing his emotions. Dre out here killing people out of emotions. And we're seeing the fact that Dre can't sustain himself. And he's using his emotions to Arena to do violent things or to build a building to in hopes that that will, that will secure his heart. And it's not. So now he's looking for an escape route and, and, and entering uh, Angela. And he's blowing up Angela's phone like an ex that just got left like a month ago. Blowing her up, take me back, baby, take me back. Like, he just wants to be heard because he knows he can't talk to Tasha about his true feelings. I don't know why, but like I said before, you know they're in an open relationship, so I mean, Ghost can do whatever he wants, and I, I guess Tasha gonna do whatever she want with Terry. So that it is what it is there. But that is episode two in the books. Um, tell me what y'all think. Let me know how what y'all opinions are in the recording after this. I'll listen to them. 
Hey, man, if you love power like I do, man, just tune in to today's new episode. I will. I have episode three up later on tonight uh, after I watch episode five, and then I'll be doing four and five reflection-wise um, tomorrow. So look for those, and definitely I look forward to, to giving you all that content. Also, to all my sports fans out there, I have not neglected or forgot. I know NFL is back in the training camps, and I know N- uh, NBA is finishing up the uh, free agency and looking into their the start of their training camps coming here pretty soon we're going to cover both of those as well as college football and what i think is what I, who i think is going to win the national championship this year and hint, hint, i do not think it's going to be alabama so that these are things and uh, content that's coming up for this week stay tuned thank you so much to all my power fans got some more content coming to y'all be easy we'll be back later peace